This morning I want to talk to you about what Jesus has to say, how to break the worry habit. Why is it that we always expect the worst? Why is it? When I received a letter in the mail and there are three little letters on the outside of the envelope, struck terror in my heart. It said IRS. I opened it up and it was just a form letter. There was nothing to it. But why do we expect the worst? You hear about the crash of an airplane. You start to wondering if anybody you know was on that plane. Or how many were actually killed? Why do we expect the worst? How do we break this worry habit? That's our theme this morning. So please take out the sermon notes that have been prepared for you. If you only knew how our secretaries and volunteers worry. But when I get these sermon notes done for them and typed up and run them off every week, why, our office staff is a great group. You can, be, as a congregation, be very proud of them. The word worry is an old English word which literally means in your notes to choke, to strangle. And when you are worrying, it chokes the life out of you. And the Greek word for worry is marenna, means to divide. That is a divided heart. And James talks about a double-minded man who is unstable in all his ways. And Jesus in the Sermon on the Mount deals with how to break this worry habit. So we're going to look at five reasons why. Five reasons why you should not worry. Don't worry is probably one of the hardest commandments in the Bible to obey. Don't worry, but we all do. Some of us say, oh, we're just concerned. But we worry. We all do it. So number one, the first reason why we should not worry. In your notes, because worry is unreasonable. Yes, worry is unreasonable. See, God commands that we do not worry. And if God commands it, then God makes it possible that we obey his command. So look at Matthew 6, verse 25. Please read it with me together out loud. Therefore I tell you, do not worry about your life, what you eat or drink, or about your body, what you will wear. Is not life more important than food? the body more important than clothes. So it's unreasonable. It doesn't make sense. And why is worry irrational? Well, in your notes, there's much more to life than food and clothes. There's more to life than just your food and clothing. If you're going to worry, then don't choose to worry about food and clothing. Secondly, in your notes, think more about the eternal, not so much about the external. That's what Jesus is saying. It's unreasonable. If you can't change it, to worry about it. But thirdly, worry is unreasonable because when you worry, it always gets bigger. When someone criticizes you, you become concerned about it, you worry about it, you think about it, and pretty soon, you're thinking that everybody's against you. The whole world is against you. Why? Because every time you rehearse a worry in your mind, it just gets bigger and bigger. 
Therefore, worry is unreasonable. In your notes number two, Jesus says, do not worry because worry is unnatural. It's unreasonable, and now it's unnatural. Look at Matthew 6, verse 29. Look at the birds of the air. They don't sow or reap or store away in barns, and yet your heavenly Father feeds them. Are you not much more valuable than they? See, Jesus here gives us a little bird-watching example. I don't do a lot of bird-watching, but if anybody's on God's welfare rolls, it's the birds. Birds are on God's, in your notes, God's welfare rolls. See, they don't really do a whole lot. They fly around, they sing, build a nest once a year. God takes care of them. So Jesus assures us that if God takes care of the birds, he will surely take care of you. Then Jesus goes on to a botany lesson. Look at Matthew 6, verse 28 and 29. And why do you worry about clothes? See how the lilies of the field grow? And they do not labor or spin. Yet I tell you that not even Solomon in all of his splendor was dressed like one of these. See, Jesus says, have you looked carefully at a flower recently? If God cares that much about a flower, don't you think God's going to take care of you? So worry is unnatural. What is Jesus saying? He says in your notes, animals do not worry. In your notes, flowers and plants do not worry. In fact, there's only one thing in all creation that worries. People. Yeah, and you know, people do worry. The only thing in God's creation that doesn't trust God is people. Look at Psalm 145, verse 16. God satisfies the desires of every living thing. So Jesus is saying to us, worry is unnatural. You were not born, you were not made by God to worry. That's the result of our sinful nature. That means we need help. We need a savior. Jesus came into this world to break the chains of sin and worry that enslave us. And through his suffering and death on the cross and through his resurrection, Jesus helps us to break the worry habit. That's good news. See, our bodies do not handle worry well. Ever hear somebody say, I'm worried sick? Because it's really true. And you know, and it's not so much what you eat either that counts. It's what eats you. See, it's what's eating you. Seven and a half billion headaches in America every year. We consume 15 tons of aspirin every day. Look at Proverbs 14, verse 30 in your notes. A heart of peace gives life to the whole body. So notice how God is described as our father here. And when you're a child, you know, you have special treatment from your father. We are all children of God, our heavenly father, and he cares for us. So number one, worry is unreasonable. Number two, worry is unnatural. On the back of your notes, number three, Jesus says, do not worry. Because worry is unhelpful. Yeah, the third reason we should not worry because it's unhelpful. Look at Matthew 6, verse 27. Please read that with me together out loud. Who of you, by worrying, 
can add a single hour to his life. See, it doesn't work. Worry is not helpful. What Jesus is saying, it can't make you taller. It can't make you shorter. It can't make you live longer. In fact, in your notes, really, worry actually shortens life. Yeah, it shortens your life. Someone has said that worry is not like a rocking chair. It's a lot of activity, but you don't make any progress. It's back and forth, back and forth. It's unhelpful. And in your notes, worry is also, write this down, stewing without doing. Stewing without doing makes you more miserable. When you think about it, worry can't change the past. Your past is over. Worry can't control the future. In fact, the only thing that worry can do is wreck the present. It's unreasonable. It's unnatural. It's unhelpful. And in your notes number four, Jesus says, <coughs> don't worry because worry is unnecessary. Looking at Matthew 6, verse 30, if that is how God clothed the grass of the field which is here today and tomorrow is thrown into the fire, will he not much more clothe you or you of little faith? So what is Jesus saying? He is saying that there is no need to worry because it's unnecessary. Because in your notes, God has promised. See, God has promised to take care of you. God has promised if you will but trust him. You know, I found out that my children, they trust me. When they have a need, they come to dad and say, dad, I need some money. I need some money to do this or do that. In fact, I have never experienced for my children when they were young that they would ever worry about where dad was going to get that money from. Kids don't think about where it is coming from. They don't say, dad, has it been a tight month? Can you loan me some money? Never. Dads are bountiful suppliers. Dads are bountiful suppliers like God is. And it's dad's job to think about where the money is coming from. It was the child's job to spend it as a trusting child of their father. See, the Bible says your heavenly father, he knows what you need. Won't he take care of you? So it's really unnecessary for you to worry. Next in your notes, God has assumed responsibility for your needs. Look at what Paul says in Philippians 4, verse 19. My God shall supply what? Some of your needs? When you are a good person? Is that what it says? No. It says, my God shall supply all your needs according to his, his resources. And how much does A, L, L include? Does that include car payments? Does that include doctor bills? Does that include house payments? My God shall supply all your needs, not according to how good you have been, but according to his resources. See, worry comes from really a misunderstanding. Worry comes from a misunderstanding of who God is. We really do not know God when we are filled with worry. We don't really know what God has promised to us. See, in your notes, worry is actually the opposite of faith. Worry says that I have to take everything into my own hands and try to work it out all by myself. Some people say, oh, I trust God because he sent Jesus to be my Savior. 
but I have to do all these other things by myself. There's a story of this lady who was walking down the road with a big, heavy sack on her back. A man in the car picked her up. She says, thanks. She's riding down the road. She's tired. After a while, the driver looks over and she's still carrying that heavy sack on her back. He says, why don't you take that sack off and put it on the floor in the back? She says, oh no, it's enough that you just carry me. I'll carry my sack myself. That's about how logical we are. We treat God. When it comes to our needs, we say, God, you get us to heaven. Then I'll worry about making house payments. I'll worry about the doctor bills. I'll solve all the problems at work myself. No, God says worry is unnecessary. God will take care of you. And number five, in your notes, Jesus says, do not worry because, write this down, worry is unchristian. Look at Matthew 6, verse 31 and 32. Please read those verses with me together out loud. So do not worry, saying, what shall we eat? Or what shall we drink? Or what shall we wear? For the pagans run after these things, and your heavenly Father knows that you need them. Circle that phrase, pagans run. Because you know what Jesus is saying here. Worry is not only unreasonable, it's not only unnatural or unhelpful, it's not only unnecessary. Jesus is actually saying worry is also unchristian. Now you see, unbelievers, they have a right to worry. In fact, they ought to be worrying. Because they are trying to live their lives without any of God's help. For the pagans run. Doesn't that really describe much of our society today? Everybody is in a hurry, rushing after a new car, running after a new house, running after new clothes, running after new whatever. Why? Because they don't believe anything else will help them. For them, it's a dog-eat-dog world. You come home dog-tired because you're growled all day. And in your notes, worry is really acting just like an orphan. Worrying is acting as if you have no Heavenly Father who knows all your needs and who can take care of you. And also in your notes, when you come down to the bottom line, worry is actually practical atheism. It is in essence saying, it really all depends on me. And we forget that God, our Heavenly Father, is providing for us. Worry is also, in your notes, just playing God. It's assuming responsibility that God never intended for you and me to have in the first place. So God wants you to recognize him as your God and not to play God yourself. Christians are not to worry in your notes also because worry is simply a poor testimony. It's really a bad example it's acting just like a pagan, like an unbeliever. Do you remember Job, how he worried? In the beginning, he said, things are going so good, something bad was bound to happen. Everything is going so great in my life, and I'm sure God is going to pull the rug out from under me soon. In fact, the Bible says that is exactly how Satan was able to get to Job. Job wondered if his sons, maybe, when they partied, we're not always obeying 
the Lord. He worried about that. He would go on and make another sacrifice for them just to be sure. What if? What if? And if you are what ifing yourself, you're setting yourself up. Because God doesn't want us to worry. So let me share with you three things of how you can break the worry habit. Let's look at three F words quickly. In your notes, number one, put your focus on God. That's where we need to be looking. So you focus on God. And then number two, you put God first in your life. Put God first in every area of your life. You set your priorities. You have to decide who's going to be in second place and who's going to be having first place. And when Jesus is first in your life, then we have all God promises to his children. We have his presence, his peace, his power. We become partners with God when we put God first in our lives. So instead of worry, put your focus on God. Put God first. And number three in your notes, put your faith in God alone. See, Jesus says, seek first his kingdom and his righteousness and all these things will be given to you as well. So you stop living for things and you start living for God. Anytime you know I'm worrying, a little red light should go on and it says, something or someone other than God has taken over first place in my life. See, worry is actually a warning light that says that God is not my focus at this moment. He's not first. My faith is not in Jesus alone. So if you want the promises that God wants to give to you, his children, you must seek him first. Put your focus on God, put God first, and put your faith in God alone. So in conclusion, note Matthew chapter 6, verse 25, on the front of your notes. Begins with the word, therefore. Therefore, Jesus says, I tell you not to worry about your life. When you do Bible study, anytime you come to that very word, therefore, you must see what it's there for, or what precedes the therefore. So you look at Matthew 6, verse 24. It's usually right after verse 25. Jesus says in your notes, No one can serve two masters, for either he will hate the one and love the other, or he'll be devoted to one and despise the other. You cannot serve both God and money. From the topic of money, Jesus moves right into this teaching of how not to worry. Now, isn't that logical? Most of our worries in your notes are related to what? Money. Jesus is saying that you can't have both as number one in your life. We must make the decision. What am I living for? Who am I living for? And that choice is going to become your God or your master. So focus on God. Put God first. Put your faith in God alone. And you will not worry. Amen.